Good morning, Redeemer. So the text that I want us to look at today is 1 Peter 5, verses 6 through 10. I think this text has undoubtedly brought, brought great comfort and clear vision to saints throughout the ages. So it is my prayer that it will do the same for us today. So once again, we're in 1 Peter chapter 5, and I'll be reading verses 6 through 10. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares on him because he cares about you. Be sober-minded, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. Resist him, firm in the faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. The God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after you have suffered a little while. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we come to you today as a people who are weary. We are tired. We are broken by all that has transpired this year and especially this week. For many of us, maybe more than ever do the words of the psalmist ring true. Who do we have in heaven but you? Our flesh and our heart feels like it is failing, but you alone are the strength of our heart and our portion forever. So God, would you help us today to turn to you to strengthen our hearts? May we say like Peter, Lord, who, who, who else shall we go to? You alone have the words of eternal life. So God, speak to us today through your word. Would you use them to draw us once more to you, our only rock and shelter in times of trouble. And it's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Well, I think that there is a encyclopedia-sized volume of, of deep theology in these five verses that I couldn't do justice to if I spoke all day. So today, I simply want to connect some of the dots in this text that hopefully can give us some strength to endure the multiple difficulties that we currently face. I think the central theme of this passage is the very first phrase, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Everything that follows simply supports and explains this powerful command. The two questions that jumped at me as I examined this text is, how do we humble ourselves under the mighty hands of God? And secondly, why should we? I think the rest of this text helps us answer both of these questions. The very next phrase 
that we read addresses the first why question. Why should we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God? And the answer scripture says is, so that he may exalt us at the proper time. So what does it mean for us to be exalted and and when exactly is the proper time? I think just prior to this, in in verse four of 1 Peter, it says that when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive an unfading crown of glory. So clearly the proper time is not in this lifetime, but rather after we take our final breath and we stand face to face before our creator. And we also see that that our exaltation involves the unfading or eternal crown of glory. Now, glory clearly isn't a material like, like gold or silver. So I hate to break it to you if you were visioning a, a physical crown, but this crown isn't something you wear. It's something that you are. Scripture tells us that, that if we are in Christ, that when he appears, we will be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We will know fully, just as God fully knows us, We will be heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. That sounds pretty exalted to me. And I don't know about you, but but that sounds like a pretty sweet deal. And I think it's it's also a compelling case why we should humble ourselves under his mighty hand. In short, we can exalt ourselves in this life and be terribly humbled in the next. Or we can humble ourselves under his mighty hand in this life and be eternally exalted in the next. It seems like a pretty clear choice to me. The message is also communicated in verse 10 of our text, the same thing where he says, he will restore, establish, strengthen you, and support you. When? after you have suffered a little while. Now, I suspect that anyone here over the age of 40 is is probably painfully aware that a little while means our earthly life, not just any particular season or our moment. In light of eternity, our life here is but a little while. Scripture calls it a momentary vapor. It fades as quickly as it arrives. This life is nothing but a momentary sequence of trials and suffering that God uses to prepare us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Verse 7 provides the first how to the charge of humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God. How do we do this? By casting all our cares on him. And this, of course, does require humility because our human pride wants to think that we can handle our problems on our own and that asking for help is nothing but a sign of weakness. But of course, we know that in the the downside up economy of the gospel, we know that it's when we are weak that we are strong because it is only by acknowledging our weakness that we can humble ourselves enough to put our trust in God rather than ourselves. Why should we humble ourselves before God and go to him for help? 
with all of our cares and anxieties? What does our text say? One of the most beautiful phrases in all of scripture, because he cares for us. To hold on to our anxieties out of pride and self-reliance not only increases our anxieties, it deprives us of the wonderful gift of experiencing God's loving care for us. So I think we need to, to each ask ourselves in all of this craziness that is, that is 2020, what cares and anxieties am I foolishly clinging to and depriving myself from experiencing God's care instead? The next answer to the how question is found in verse eight. We humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God by being sober-minded and alert. Sober-minded and alert. Maybe the best way to understand this is to understand the opposite. The opposite of being sober-minded and alert would obviously be to be drunk and asleep. I think in this text, Peter is simply rephrasing what he had heard Jesus say, which is recorded in Luke 21, verses 34 through 36, where Jesus said, be on guard so that your minds are not dulled from carousing, drunkenness, and worries of life. Or that day will come on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come on all who live on the face of the whole earth. But be alert at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Notice here that it is not just drunkenness that dulls our minds, but also the worries of life. Anxieties dull our minds into thinking that we can, that we can deal with our issues on our own or, or by turning to food or drugs or alcohol or, or pleasure or work or, or stuff. All of which only exacerbates our anxieties even if it may bring momentary relief. An alert and sober mind that, that, that sees clearly, knows that anxieties aren't removed by, by self-determination or by briefly escaping them through harmful vices. Rather, by humbly casting our cares on him and by allowing him to care for us. The second half of verse 8 tells us the next reason why we need to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and to be sober-minded and alert. Why? Because we have an adversary prowling around like a lion looking for anyone he can devour. If that's not a sobering thought, I don't know what is. I shouldn't have to tell you that we are in a serious spiritual battle in our church, in our country, and in our world. Satan is wreaking havoc all around us. And far too often, instead of turning to our knees in prayer, we futilely try to manage the wreckage on our own. Paul begins his message in Ephesians 6 concerning putting on the armor of God by saying this, finally, 
Be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. Church, we indeed do have a powerful enemy whose aim is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But when we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, we can boldly say like Martin Luther did so many years ago in his great hymn, and though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear for God has willed his truth to triumph through us. It is only by humble submission to God that we are able to be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength and to put on his armor, not our own. It is also the only way that we will ever have any hope to resist him, as our text says, firm in our faith. Verse 9 is also a great reminder that we often forget in times of difficulty. And that is that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. Now, of course, a global pandemic may be an exception to this, but, but in general, many times we can feel like we are being singled out by God Maybe that our suffering just seems to be more severe than anyone else's. And the truth, of course, is that the Bible makes it clear that in this life, you will have trouble. All of us have trouble. The great hope of our faith is not that we will not suffer, but that our suffering has purpose. As we read in 1 Peter 1, you are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials. Why? So that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which though perishable, is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Notice again that it is, it is God's power that guards us. And it is God's good and sovereign will that we will endure trials so that one day our tested faith will result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of our Lord and King Jesus Christ. This is the proper time from verse 6 when we will be exalted. And then finally, of course, there is this great hope that we see in verse 10. The God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after you have suffered a little while. I love the way John Piper explained the phrase, the God of all grace. 
He explained it as meaning that, that this both means that, that he is the God who provides all the grace that we need to be fully reconciled to God. And it also means that, that as his children, that we get all grace and no wrath. Isn't that hopeful? So my Redeemer family, in this, in this historic year where fear and anxiety is greater than probably any time in most of our lifetimes, I pray that you are once again encouraged by the timeless truths of Scripture that we do not have to be controlled by fear and anxiety if we will only humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and cast all our cares on him because he cares for us. In summary, I want to close with the words of the great 19th century preacher, Andrew Murray. I can tell you this quote has brought me great comfort this year and especially in recent weeks. And I hope it encourages your soul as well. He said, in times of trouble say, first, he brought me here. It is by his will I am in this straight place. In that I will rest. Next, he will keep me here in his love and give me grace in this trial to behave as his child. Then say, he will make the trial a blessing, teaching me lessons he intends me to learn and working in me the grace he means to bestow. And last say, in his good time, he can bring me out again. How and when, he knows. Therefore say, I am here, one, by God's appointment, two, in his keeping, three, under his training, and four, for his time. So my dear family, I pray that whatever trial you're currently in or you're facing, that you hear and you heed the words of scripture. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Cast all your care on him for your heavenly father indeed cares for you. May God be praised. Pray with me. Father, what great hope we have that, that though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we shall fear no evil, for you are with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. 
We know that it is only by, by your sovereign work in our lives that we are even able to humble ourselves under your mighty hand. So give us the desire and the will to pray and live like you did, that your kingdom would come, your reign and your will be done in our lives as we humbly submit to your authority. Father, casting out our cares doesn't come easily for us. So would you give us clear eyes to see our our futile inability to cure our anxieties and your limitless ability to do so. Under your mighty hand, we need not fear either the trials we endure nor our enemy who desires to destroy us. We pray as the psalmist, a broken spirit and a contrite heart you will not despise. So Father, humble us today. Fix our eyes on the great prize that lies before us that one day you will exalt us. Our trials will be over and our perishable bodies will be transformed into imperishable glory that is fully reflective of you. And it is in this hope and in your holy name we pray. Amen.